just reviewed. I watched Inherent Vice, um, putting it on, not expecting to enjoy it, and actually got in such a good mood with this whole sort of immersive experience. I started thinking, what other films have I not seen that I really should have, that have sort of toy with you a bit much and where you're not necessarily going to be focusing on story. And I remember Mulholland Drive, which I hadn't ever seen, which is odd because I am a David Lynch fan, but since Twin Peaks, he's never really done anything that's made me want to watch a movie of his. <coughs> I saw, um, well, Wild Heart was a bit overrated. I think it won the Palm d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, and that was just before Twin Peaks. And since then, his movie output hasn't been great. Even the last film we made, Inland Empire, was apparently not very good. Um, I did see and like Lost Highway, which was a very abstract film. And Lynch has developed his own language in the movies, which um, abandons traditional linear narratives and is often confusing and surreal, uh, absurd, and, and sometimes it, it's too much. And he slips into parody a little bit. And sometimes with the likes of Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet, he's, he's probably out-and-out out masterpiece. It works really, really well, and he's got this great way of peeling back layers. It was very influential, peeling back the layers of, you know, Picket Fence America. or And this time, in 2001, he released uh, Mulholland Drive, which aimed itself at Hollywood and the Hollywood dream, as many, many directors have done. And, and uh, Sunset Boulevard was a film that came up in comparison to it. Um, a film about you know things going horribly wrong in Hollywood with people chasing this idea of stardom, and it was the first major film for Naomi Watts uh, and Laura Manning, who are the two stars of this film. Um, and it begins with Laura Manning in a in a car where she's suddenly pulled over in a in the back of a limo, and she's obviously about to be executed, but the car actually gets hit in, in a tragic accident, not for her tragic for everyone else involved, uh, by some careening hoons going around the Hollywood Hills at night. And there's heaps of symbolism in the locations, like overlooking Hollywood, traditional like spots that you would see in movies. And she manages to escape. Uh, she's got amnesia. She doesn't know where she's going. And she ends up uh, breaking into a house and sleeping there um, and finds Naomi Watts, who is a fresh-faced wannabe starlet straight out of uh, Hicksville, and landing in LA, full of beans, glowing, actually glowing. Uh, one of the great things is the level of artistry in this film. And Naomi Watts' hair seems to have sunshine coming out of it in the early parts of the film. And that all sort of slips away. What happens is basically uh, a shaggy dog story sort of detective yarn where they try and work out who she is, this Laura Manning. Uh, Laura Harring, sorry. Uh, they... <clears throat> they, she makes up a name Rita for herself because she sees a Rita Hayworth poster uh, and the Naomi Watts character gets more and more into trying to find out who this woman is and trying to help her uh, all the while she's going through a wonderful time of uh, going to movie auditions and really acting very very well being loved by everyone and who wouldn't she's just really vivacious and comes across so well and then the two start, as you pick up from the word go, start to form this very intense relationship that becomes love and then becomes physical. Um, and I have to say, 
as a couple, they're probably one of the best couples I've ever seen in a movie. You really sort of forget about the fact that they're both women. It's such... You actually want them to become come together long before they do. It just seems like they're falling so naturally for each other. It's a, I've heard it described as the most healthy relationship in any David Lynch project, and I could see that because his relationships such as Carl McLaughlin and Isabella Rossellini in Blue Velvet were as twisted and as dark and as destructive as you can get. And here they seem to offer each other so much. Um, and then things start to get very surreal, symbolic, and the traditional structure of a linear story going from start to end is pretty much put on its head. And the last third of the movie becomes incredibly dark, almost the opposite of the opening uh, two-thirds of the movie. You know that you're in for something bad, and gr gradually the world unfurls in the wrong way, and it gets really dark and really bad. But as a film, I thought it was a masterpiece. I really did. I've, I've watched quite a few David Lynch movies, and their flaws and all. Wild at Heart, I wasn't... Wild at Heart was ridden with flaws. Um, it wasn't a great film, really. Blue Velvet was. Blue Velvet pretty much nailed it all the way through. Uh, and a razor head to his oddball classic from the 70s that really sort of put him out there as a director. I thought this was maybe his most complete film. I didn't feel like anything was novelty. I didn't feel like the symbolism itself... Uh, didn't work I felt like it was true to the characters and the story and the and the moments that happened between them and also I love the fact that it's just beyond reach all the time it's just beyond reach particularly when things start turning and changing there is a linear story in there that you can make sense and it's a very very dark one uh, and it's not pretty and it's quite depressing actually um, but it's done in a beautiful way my favourite female two leads, I think, in a movie I've seen in, in years, Naomi Watts and Laura Herring, who was the first Latino to win Miss USA, um, are both magnificent. One plays the Doris Day, the bubbly, blonde, effervescent um, character, and Laura Herring plays the femme fatale from the, you know, the back of a, a Raymond Chandler novel, um, and she does brilliantly. They're both very different people, but come together very, very well. And outside of that, Justin Theroux plays a very put-upon film director who's being forced to cast this other blonde who's played by um, another Australian actress. I think it was Melissa George. And the identities of all these different people that are that they're looking for all seem to sort of merge in towards each other as the, as the movie progresses. Uh, there's a really surreal moment where uh, the director has to go and meet a, a guy called the Cowboy. One of David Lynch's favourite sort of themes is to throw in these very audible characters like um, dwarves. And one of his favourite actors who plays a dwarf in Twin Peaks actually appears in this film as well. And he goes to meet this cowboy and has this very unsettling conversation with him that terrifies him and it terrified me even though I didn't really know what was going on I think this film's at the top end of David Lynch's canon alongside the Razorhead and Blue Velvet and Twin Peaks and I've, it's a shame that he hasn't done more films that have been so successful and he's really blessed with having two such incredible lead performances and they both really, really give their all as well. So Mulholland Drive, it looks beautiful. It's got a lovely atmosphere. Um, as with uh, Inherent Vice, it's very immersive. 
Uh, I deliberately didn't try and work out what was going on um, to, in, in a traditional sense, so I wasn't spoiling it for me. Um, and I actually just I engaged in the, in the atmospheres and the things that were being said outside of the script by the way that characters were reacting to each other and so on. So I think it's, a, it's very close to being a perfect masterpiece. I'm going to give Mulholland Drive 9.5 out of 10. I did really enjoy it. This is uh, from the late...